everyone. Welcome to Her Take. My name is Jackie. I'm Jen. And I'm Kira. A while back, we had an idea to start a podcast. So we thought, why not? We came together to create a space where we could openly share, learn, and grow with each other as we navigate life after college and in the realm of adulthood. Every week, we'll be sitting down to check in with each other and reflect on what's been on our minds. Any topic, big or small, meaningful or not so much, we'll be sharing our take. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Welcome back. If this is your first time here, thank you for being here. I'm Kira, and I'm joined by Jackie and Jen. We're all in our early 20s, and we're reasonably newly college grads, so we created this podcast to have a space where we could have conversations to help us navigate this new chapter. It's such a time of transition and confusion and growth, so We found it really beneficial to be as open as possible with each other because someone else is always going through something similar. You're never alone. You know, I've worried that we are such a broad podcast that it might be hard for us to grow if we don't fit into a more narrow category. But you know what? Our society loves to box people up and label everyone, and we are just three independent, passionate, opinionated women. We have many interests, and we don't want to be boxed in. So if you're into that vibe and you want to listen to a podcast that talks about such a variety of topics, from hard to digest political news to what happened this week on The Bachelor, then you're welcome. We're so happy you're here. We care so much about your thoughts and views, and we'd love to share with you. You can subscribe. You can comment and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Her Take Podcast on Instagram and Her Take Pod on Twitter. And we're working on being more active on those. So please let us know what topics you want us to talk about next. Um, today, our topic of choice is periods. We got them. Maybe you do too. So we're going to dive into elements of feminine care that we connect with. We're going to chat about birth control a little bit. We're going to talk about period poverty. We might even get, because Jackie's our history queen, a little dose of period history. So we're excited to get into this conversation today. But first and foremost, it's time for our weekly check-in. We like to take this time at the start of each episode to see how each other is feeling, talk about our week. Um, And it's just a nice time to slow down and reflect on how we're doing. So as always, we encourage you to do the same. Take the same time for reflection and connect with your loved ones. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Jackie. She's going to tell us about her week and how she's doing. Jackie, what's up with you? Wow. I just want to say what a fabulous introduction, Kira. Wonderful as always. Yeah. Kira's really good at this. Yeah. (laughs) We're Um, all good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's been all right. I got really sick this week and I'm feeling a little bit better, but I mean, I... I've just not been feeling well. Last key, last week, Kira was sick. Now I am sick. Jen, I'm a little worried about you because there seems to be something going around. Oh, I was already sick. We're not physically in contact. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I was sick <laughs> mid last week. You it was rough. You can't blame me for giving you the sickness, too. I was about to be I like, know. oh, I'm sorry. I think I, My yeah. fault, but it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> But there seems to be a trend among the her take ladies. Um, I think I got it from my niece who is three years old, which makes sense because children are kind of like oh, germy, yeah. just naturally. Um, yeah. So I mean, I I fell asleep last night at eight thirty because I was so oh, I was so I was not feeling well. But I like got up this morning. I'd already signed up for Soul Cycle a couple days ago, so I was like, I gotta go nice. do all these things. So we're feeling all right. I uh, just want to share that. Thanks. I, um, I'm kind of feeling the pressure to go and make sure I work out because I signed up for the half marathon that's in March. I signed up with my friend this week because um, we're, we're feeling a little impulsive. We had thinking, been thinking about doing it, and I'm just going to put it out here on the podcast to hold myself accountable just to make sure that, one, I actually do it and make sure that I uh, work out 
and start training more aggressively. So I'm going to put this forward and just hope that everything goes well. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. Yay. Where is the half marathon you're running? In Sleepy Hollow, obviously, okay. my favorite. Because um, I think my mom's running one place, in April, yeah. not March. So mm, this one's March twenty eighth. Okay, I don't think it's. Yeah, the same. I don't know. I think hers there's is April. There are a lot in in Westchester, so yeah, there's um probably a couple more mm. going on. Hmm. Yeah, it should be fun. Kind yeah, of. put it out there. Yeah, so that you uh, get yeah. training. I mean, this is not your first half, so you know yeah. you can do it. So it's okay. Yeah. And I did th- this exact one before, so I know yeah, what to expect. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Which makes me a little nervous because I know what to expect. It's very, very hilly. Um, but it should be okay. I'm, my friend Susan is going to do it with me, so I'm looking forward to it. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. We love goals. Um, Jen, how about you? How are you doing? Feeling better this week, I hope? Hey, everyone. So yes, feeling better this week. Um, I was sick last week around like Wednesday, Thursday. So definitely feeling much healthier this week. Um, Not really much to report. It was a pretty normal week for me. Um, But one thing I wanted to share with everyone was we had our year-end conversations with our managers this week at work. So I had mine with my manager and it went really, really well. So I'm happy about that. And um, yeah, I'm excited. And Monday is Martin Luther King Day. So shout out to MLK. Thank you for everything that you did. Um, Mm. So my company doesn't technically observe MLK Day, but it was deemed a day of service. So if you volunteer, you can take the day off. So my team and I are going into the Bronx and we're going to be repacking food donations for people who need it on Monday. So that's really exciting. So um, yeah, I'm going to be working from home in the morning, just kind of like making sure no one needs me for anything too important. I do have one meeting. um, But then yeah, in the afternoon, I'm going to be volunteering. So I'm excited about that. And another, yeah. um, And just like one other exciting thing that I wanted to share is so Halsey's album came out on Friday and it's so good. Um, there's so many great new albums and music that came out on Friday and this past week. So I've been trying to catch up and process all of it. But um, some of my college friends and I, we bought tickets to see Halsey in Queens in July. So really excited about that. And that's it for me. Oh, that's great. Nice. Yeah, for um, I just want to share since it is MLK Day. I uh, was listening to it earlier this week, but the it's available on YouTube. MLK gave his last speech on April third, the day before he was assassinated, and that speech is called "I've Been to the Mountaintop." I don't know if like either one of you have like heard mm-hmm. it or like part of it, but I highly recommend like listening to that. It's like very emotional and like obviously like the next day like he was assassinated so hearing that it's almost weirdly i don't know it's kind of like prophetic in some Mm. way but that's like a fantastic thing to listen to Mm. thanks jackie awesome yeah i'll definitely listen to that thank you yeah well i don't have off either a lot of people are like is that legal i think it's legal but i do not get martin luther king day off uh yeah I, i i think it's totally fine um I don't get the day off, but it is take your kids to work day, so it might be a chill day at the office. Nice. Um, but in terms of this past week, yes, hopefully my voice sounds better than last week. I am less congested. I am not 100%. This is kind of a wild cold that has taken a while to go away, um, but I think my ear did pop, so I am able to hear as of like yesterday. So cute. Yeah, I couldn't hear out of one ear for over a week. So it was kind of a struggle, but I still kind of struggle with doing some yoga poses because when my head is down, all the Mm. whatever it is, fluid rushes to my nose and just kind of struggling. So still on the up again, but definitely much better than last week. 
Um, I had a good week at work. It was very busy back into... It's kind of funny because I can't believe we're just back from the new year. I'm like, I feel like I've been here a month. Everything is so busy. Uh, Yeah, crazy. But this week I had been organizing a... This is such a geeky move, but I'd been organizing a waste management lunch and learn in my office since probably before Thanksgiving. So it finally was this week. I had somebody from a local waste management company come into our office and I, you know, literally collected trash to make him go through our trash and uh, analyze how we're doing in terms of recycling, composting, and uh, regular trash. And then he also... He was awesome. He, I was asking him so many questions, and he was like, I actually don't know that. Like, I'm not the right person. I probably was overwhelming him. Uh, but, you know, it can be really confusing when you go from different jurisdictions have different uh, rules around what can and can't be recycled depending on what facilities can handle. So it's always like you're never sure what can go in the recycling. So it was really helpful to have somebody be like, oh, yeah, that can go in the recycling bin. That can be composted. Um, And so many people from my office actually went to the lunch. I wasn't sure if people would actually come, but everybody came and had so many questions. And it was so cute. And everyone keeps asking me what they can where they can put their trash. And I'm like, well, you should pay attention. But (laughs) thanks for caring so much. So it was really cute. Uh, Kind of a waste geek, but it was a cute lunch. And then the rest of my week, I just tried to, in regards to my conversation last week about kind of feeling down and a little lonely getting back into my routine and being back in California after some time home, um, I just tried to reconnect with people that I hadn't seen since before the holidays and fill up as much of my free time as possible out of outside of work, which was really nice. It did mean I just had like something to do every single night. So hopefully now that I've reconnected with everybody, we can spread that out a little bit. <laughs> but it just is a lot better to spend my time with other people than just uh, home alone. So... I think that'll, you know, I'm thinking of signing up for a pottery class. Nice. We'll see. Yeah. That could be fun. Another thing to, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find the right place that's like, because a lot of them start at like 6 p.m. in the evening, and that's kind of hard to get there after right, work right. that early. So I'm trying to find a place that's really convenient that I would be able to get to around 6. So, yeah, we're working on it. I'm, I'm, ooh, I didn't think I was going to say this, but since Jackie talked about it, I think I'm going to run a half marathon in July, and I'm trying to organize. Yeah, well, I'm going to, so there's a Napa to Sonoma half, and so I really want to run it because I want to go to Napa, and also you run and then you get wine afterwards. Um, Yes, (gasps) (laughs) that's like my type of half. Right? I think it'd be really fun. I have a few work friends who are interested. I'm only holding off on signing up because I'm trying to see if my company might pay for it if I Mm. write it off as like a bonding thing. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure that they will. I'm still waiting to hear back. Um, But since Jackie said it. the company logo. I know. And it's for charity. You should. Yeah. So. If they if they buy the t-shirts and like you can make a team and say, "Oh, we're representing, you know, whatever your company is called." Yeah. Then they can uh, be sort of like a sponsor. They might they might they might be into that. Yeah, I think that they might be in I think it's kind of like a I can't tell if I should just like sign up and then have them reimburse me if they end up covering the fees or I, I cuz I just don't want it to fill up, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to talk to them again this week and if they don't give me a clear answer, we were like, we might just sign up and because I want to run it anyway. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think my mom's gonna come out and run it because she oh, how fun. loves running now. Love um, that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think I was gonna share that, but I was like, well, since Jackie talked about it, I'm gonna run a half. Yeah, too. I think it's just good to put that out there just to sort of hold yourself accountable. That's why I tell people yeah. not to be like, oh, I'm running a half marathon. Look at me, but it's more just like. 
And then if people ask me how it went, I can't be like, oh, I didn't run it. I have to run it. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, they're quite expensive to sign up. At least Mm. this one is really expensive, I guess, because it's Napa. Um, Right. So that's another thing. Like, once you sign up, once I pay that money, I'm going to run it because I paid that money. This one was... Yeah, this one was 60, so I don't think it's uh, that bad. That seems like... This one is 180, which is pretty... Ooh, But that's, again, that's it goes cute. to cancer research. And the one in Boston was always like 85. So yeah. Um, yeah, well, I've never run a half before, but I've done 5Ks. And uh, I've been like so bad about working out and stuff since I've been home. It's just not as easy as it was at school because the gym was right there. So I'm trying to be a little bit better about it. But I was looking of getting into running um, because I've always hated running, but I feel like it's just such a good way to work out. And like I was reading up on it and they said, you know, signing up for either half marathon, 5k, whatever, signing up for something is the best way um, to get motivated because once you commit, yeah. you know, yeah. so I've been thinking about that recently. I'm like, maybe I should just commit because then it will motivate me to actually stay in shape. Um, but we'll see. I'm still, you know, teetering on the edge with it right now. Cause you know, the worst thing that could happen is I get busy at work and then I don't keep up with it. And I've signed up for this race. So, yeah. but I, I, you guys are motivating me too. Maybe not a half, but like a 5K probably. Yeah, work your way up. I also think something to keep in mind with running is, at least for me, it's not that I ever really want to go run. I mean, occasionally I do crave it, but I do it for how I feel afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like that feeling is so addicting that that's why I run. But in the moment and like pre-run and in the moment of running, I don't want to be doing it it depends too like the first I also always tell people when they're like oh I would never be able to run long distance the first two miles are the worst so if you're someone who never gets past those two miles that's the worst part of any sort of long run Mm -hmm. so once you get past like miles three because I have run a half marathon before so in my opinion miles three to like seven are the best And then after that, you start to get, like, over it again. Um, But, yeah, to clarify, there's never – there's rarely – and I'm not going to say never because sometimes I do crave it, but there is rarely a time I ever want to go run. So (laughs) it's just about forcing yourself to do it and then knowing afterwards you feel so good and that's Mm -hmm. what gets you through the run. And some really good music because (laughs) running long distance, you need a killer playlist. Yeah, I mean, same with any workout. Like, I love spinning. Like, mm. that's definitely my workout of choice. Um, but, yeah, running for me, I'm like, ugh, I could just never find – I never truly enjoy it. Like, even afterwards, you know, you feel better because you've worked out, obviously. But I'm like, ugh, I just don't enjoy this as much as other forms of working out. But like I was saying, I do feel like it is one of the best ways – to work out and stay in shape because you're really working your whole body. Mm. But anyway, that's a that's a conversation we can have forever. Probably. <laughs> a running chat. Yeah. Yep. On that note, I think that that brings us right into our topic of the week. So like we said before, we're going to chat periods. Um, maybe taboo. I don't really look at it as taboo. I just wanted to have a talk about... I don't know why I wanted to talk about this. I guess just like I'm curious how other people feel about their period and what they do and their care routines. So I think that... Well, and also I had ACL surgery, so I was off birth control for a little while, and then I didn't get my period for a little while when I went off birth control. So I feel like the resurgence of my period, I was like, we should talk about periods on the pod. Um, 
And here we are. because it's something we all go through. Yeah. And here we are. So I guess we'll get started with, um, Jen, if you want to kind of just share your relationship with your period, um, how you feel, what you do, um, and yeah, take it away. Yeah. Thank you, Kira. Yeah. This is something that we've kind of had in the back of our minds for a while, um, we've been like, oh, this is a topic that we definitely should talk about. And I don't know, this week felt like a good week to talk about it for whatever reason. Um, yeah, so I think something that's important to note as well is like every woman has a different experience with this. And as you get older, I think people are a little bit more open about sharing their experiences. Um, you know, when I was younger, I felt like I never talked about it with anybody because I just felt so awkward about it. and you know, you have friends that didn't get theirs yet, other friends that did. Um, and it's just such like a weird period of your life. Like I would say from probably like 13 to 16, I just never even uttered the word to anybody except maybe my mom. So <laughs> that's just like a weird thing that you go through. And then I feel like by the time you're 16, most of your friends have had their periods for a few years at that point. So then you get more open about talking about it. Um, Actually, fun fact, I got my period on my 13th birthday, so it was uh, weird. <laughs> and I actually, I remember I was wearing a, a like, raspberry-colored juicy sweatsuit. <laughs> so I was like, if I leak, it won't show. But I had planned to wear this, like, cute juicy sweatsuit because I was the coolest 13-year-old ever and had to wear it on my birthday. Um, but, yeah, I was, like, worried about looking gross, even though I was so skinny. So I don't know why I worried about that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, my experience has changed as I've gotten older. So, like, now I'm 24. So I've had it for – oh, that's so weird. I've had it for over 10 years now. Um, so I've always had a pretty, I would say, normal period flow-wise, you know, your first three days are kind of the worst. And then by the fourth and fifth days, it's pretty much lighter until it's kind of gone. Um, you know, I think everyone kind of experienced, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but I think it's like pretty standard, you know, um, people experience cramps, especially those first few days or the days leading up to it, you get a little bloated. So I had experienced all those. I still kind of experience a little bit of cramps and bloating um, the first day, I would say. Um, but they were always pretty irregular, so it would be about every month. But, you know, some months I would have it like the third week or the fifth week or it would come late. Um, so that was a little stressful, not because I was at that point like thinking I was pregnant or anything. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just stressful, like not really knowing when it's going to come, which makes sense. But I've been on birth control for about five or six years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about six years. So since I've been on birth control, my period has been very, very light. Um, some months it's questionably even there, which kind of scares me a little bit sometimes. Um, but on top of that, it's also very regular. So that's been really nice. So I know exactly when it's coming. It's during the placebo week, either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. And I know it will only last about three days, and it's very light, which has been really nice. So I would say, in a nutshell, that's just, like, my period experience. So I don't know if you guys want to chime in at this point, or if you have any more questions. Yeah, um, what is your preferred care method would be a question I have, and if you, like... Do you do anything in particular when you have your period or anything you absolutely avoid? Like, are you a workout on your period and you're fine? Or do you need to, like, eat a ton of food and lay on the couch kind of person? Hmm. Okay. Well, good questions. So first question I'll answer. Um, so actually, this has changed a little bit. So, you know, when I first got my period, I was using pads because I was, like, afraid to put a tampon Relatable. in my body. Switch yeah. to tampons. Um, I would say in the past, like, two years or so, don't really use tampons anymore because my period is so light that it's actually, like, 
not like, you know, this is a little TMI, but there's not enough going on inside of me for the tampon to feel comfortable just because it's mm. like so dry up in there. Like I just have no other way of explaining that. So look, don't I, worry about TMI. You know, if anybody's scared of TMI, <laughs> this is not the episode for you. So true, let it true. out. <laughs> Anyone that doesn't want to hear about our flow already turned this off. Exactly. Yeah. Don't so, worry. Yeah. <laughs> so now I use like pretty thin panty liners. And I pretty much only have my period for like three days. Um, and it's it's so light that it's just kind of there to catch like anything that comes out. And that's pretty much it. Because like mm-hmm. literally putting a tampon in there, it's just dry and uncomfortable at this point. Because yeah. just nothing is going on. Which is nice. Understandable. But, you know, I might use it the first day at my period but it's just it's not even worth it you know Mm -hmm. so that's where I'm at now um and and then what was the second question sorry I forgot (laughs) no all good I was just wondering because I'm always curious um well your period seems quite light so I don't know but uh I'm always curious about people if they notice anything in terms of mood swings or um if they like cannot work out on their period because they feel so crummy or and they need to mm-hmm. just lay on the couch and eat food. If you just use it as an excuse to eat food, I support. Um, but just curious. Yeah. Um, so to be honest, I don't really think about my period when I get it because it is so light that I almost kind of like forget that it's there, which has been really nice. And I feel very blessed for that experience. Um, I definitely noticed a few days before, maybe like that very first day, I'm mm-hmm. more bloated. Um, I definitely feel a little crampy, but it's not to the point where I can't work out or I can't do anything. Am I more of a couch potato than usual? Absolutely. Like I definitely have noticed that like I'm eating more junk food and I'm like craving chocolate or cookies and things like mm-hmm. that right before. But I wouldn't say it's that bad um, compared to like what I've heard from some of my other friends, like I would just say it's pretty normal or if anything, like a below average experience with that. Um, mood swings, you know, I don't think I experience like PMSing mood swings that much. Um, you know, I've been on different earth controls throughout my experience using it. So I know at one point, and like this can be a whole separate discussion. But, you know, they kind of, like, switch the brands on you sometimes because they're interchangeable. So one time I got put on this other birth control, and that one made me, like, very mood swingy right before my period. Um, But since then, I've talked to my gyno about it, and I was like, yo, this one made me really, like, have emotional roller coasters. So can I not be put on that one anymore? And she was like, yep. And now I'm on a different one that has been fine. So I think I've been pretty normal emotionally for Jen, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what is normal when it comes y- yeah, to Yeah, you know, like... <laughs> Within so, reason. Yeah, so yeah, I would say compared to some other people, pretty regular, pretty light, thankfully. Don't really think about it too much. And yeah, I'm thankful for that. But, you know, there are people out there that have IUDs and don't have periods at all. And I'm like, I got to get on that train, I think, because that would be mm. nice. Yeah. I ha- I have a few friends who have IUDs. Um, yeah, all have good experiences. Can be painful at first, but they all mm-hmm. have good experiences with it. Yeah. Would love to get someone on the pod that um, has an IUD because, you know, I have been thinking about getting one for probably like a year now. Because mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, basically you stick it up you, and uh, or well, not you do. Your gynecologist does. <laughs> Someone else does. Yeah. Please don't do it for yourself. A medical professional. Oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, and from what I've heard, it's like you have basically like a really bad period, crampy feeling for about a day or two, and then it's just in you for three to six years. I think is the longest one. I want to say six years. Maybe it's ten. I should probably look this up. Uh, I don't think, uh, well, I don't know. I guess it depends, but I feel like around five is. Yeah, like around max. five. Yeah. Um, And it's just in you for five years. And for the most part, you're not really getting your period at all. And 
uh, really low chances of you getting pregnant. So right. I don't know. Sounds like a win-win to me. <laughs> yeah, well, like yeah, I said, I have a lot one. of. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just gonna say one of my close friends has one, and she really loves it. So we want to have her on the pod anyway. So uh, true. We, we should talk about that. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends. Not a lot, but a few of my friends have gotten mm-hmm. one, and uh, yeah, I just think the only thing to keep in mind is the beginning was tough. I, I, I think it depends on the person, but I know one, when one of my roommates got it, she had a tough few days in the beginning or day. Yeah. Maybe it was just like one day, but after that, it's pretty smooth sailing. So yeah, we should really consult, consult a doctor before making any of these decisions. Like do not come to her take for any sort of medical advice we're just sharing oh, no. our <laughs> and uh definitely not <laughs> you should consult with your doctor to make the right decision for you yeah um but yeah thanks thank you for sharing jen um, you're welcome fam yeah really nice to hear other people's experiences jackie how about you how has your relationship with your period been from the start to now Yeah, so I got my period, I think, when I was 10, which is really young, but that's not that unusual. Like, plenty of, you know, girls and, you know, well, now women, right? We get our periods, like, very young. Um, So I didn't fully understand when I got it. Like, I didn't know that I had it. Like, the first time you get your period, it doesn't look like what a period looks like when you're older. Right. Right? So I didn't realize that I had it, and then I... Like, I was, I asked my mom, I was like, what is this? And and she started crying because I got my period. So I was, like, very confused, like, just by the whole process. Like, I knew, like, it would come eventually. I think by then they had already done, like, those talks with us at school, you know, about, you know, your periods and what a pad is and how to, you know, put one on your underwear. Anyway, the whole thing. So I was very young when I got it. Um... And I currently don't use, I, I'm not on birth control. I was never on birth control. Um, I, so I get my period, like I get, you know, three days of, you know, pretty, you know, consistent bleeding and stuff. And I still wear pads. I, I never, I've used tampons before, but I don't use them regularly. I really took the warning label about toxic shock syndrome, like very <laughs> seriously. And it kind of freaks me out. So I just never really use them only like in times of like desperation, I've used them. Um, yeah. And, you know, my period has changed a bit when I I feel like it's gotten a little shorter. I think, um, when I was in high school and stuff, it used to be much longer. It'd be like a seven day sort of like ordeal from like start to finish. And now it's much shorter of like really like only three days of like needing to wear a pad. Um, and so, and I, I also started tracking it, uh, with just using my health app on my phone only in the last couple of months, because I was sort of, since I do get like a full period, I was, I kept getting caught off guard. And I was like, I can't like keep doing this where I sort of forget that I, you know, it's funny, because like, I like I get like, I get mood swings, and I get pretty irritable. And there's like lots of symptoms like in the days before I get my period, but I, I forget that they could be associated with my period. So I'm just thinking, God, why am I so aggravated? at this person that I love for no reason. I'm not sure why. And then I get my period two days later and I I think, ah, okay. Mm. So I guess that was just, so Mm -hmm. point is, is I started tracking it, which has been very helpful. Um, so I've enjoyed doing that. I think that's been just in terms of me being prepared and it kind of, um, helps me sort of like explain the things that are going on because I tend to get very bloated as well and I feel like kind of fat and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. god why do I why do I feel this way why do I look this way right now why is my skin breaking out things like that so I found that to be pretty helpful I have considered um transitioning and maybe using like the what are they called like the silicone cups I've thought about using that um Mm -hmm. So that is something I've thought about changing over to. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would go to tampons. Although I wonder, I know a friend of mine also used to use just like um, organic cotton tampons as opposed to right. like a, like the, like an always or whatever other brands of tampons there are. Cause those do have chemicals in them. 
So right. I don't know if that reduces or eliminates the risk of like toxic shock syndrome, but it that is something also to consider. So yeah, so <clears throat> I think if I did, maybe would also consider using like just the organic ones that are only cotton, um, because that's kind of scary. Like you think about like what you could be putting like inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I I kind of since I do get like my full like of like a full regular period all the time. I definitely have lots of symptoms and I'm really, I'm getting it. I'm very regular. I'm really getting it every 28 days pretty much. So, um, well, that's good. Yeah, that's kind of a, yeah. Yeah. At least I'm regular. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I, I mean, like it just seems really convenient to go on birth control, but I don't think I will in the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just me. I feel like most of my friends are on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Because you brought up menstrual cups, I feel like good time for me yeah. to chime in because I am yeah. a menstrual cup girl. <laughs> yeah. um, but I will go back to the beginning and just share some of my, how my, period has evolved as I've gotten older and, you know, very similar to both of you. I think when I, I actually don't remember how old I was when I first got my period. I think I was in eighth grade, I think. Like, I remember when it happened. I just can't remember exactly how old I was. Um, but I was very uncomfortable with my body and my changing body and, uh, just getting my period and getting boobs and all that stuff made me very self-conscious. So I think when I got my period, I was very like, uh, do not want to do this, not happy about it. Um, and then I think I quickly got over that by the time I was in high school or, you know, maybe like Jen said, 13 to 16, you're kind of feeling weird, don't want to talk about it. And then by the time I was later in high school, I was like, whatever, just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely also started not doing tampons because was scared about the whole insertion process. Um, It's kind of funny. You guys are talking about pads and I'm like, I just remember at night wearing pads and how horrible that was when it like drips down your butt, like down your back because (laughs) it's just so uncomfortable. Um, And so I think that was one of the reasons I switched to tampons. I actually think the first time I used a tampon, it's because I got my period when I was going on vacation, um, probably in ninth grade or something with my family. We went on a Caribbean boat vacation, and so you had to be in a bathing suit, and you can't really wear a pad with a bathing suit, so I uh, just figured out in that moment how to put in a tampon. I feel like that's everyone's first experience with one because... Basically, you either are going to the beach or you're going to the pool, and then you have to wear one because there's no have to other wear a option. Tampon. Yeah, just in that moment of fear, you need to figure out how to get it in, and it yeah. happens. And yeah. then my life <laughs> kind of changed. I was like, oh, this feels like for me, there's, I know other people who use pads and they prefer pads, and that's fine. For me, I really liked how much cleaner I felt because, like I said, at night, the dripping down my back and getting on my underwear and stuff, I did not enjoy. Um, so then I was a period girl from ninth grade until probably after my sophomore year of college. Um, and in high school, my period was, I I feel like it was regular in terms of when it came, but irregular in terms of intensity. I did have a few periods that were really bad where I would throw up, um, and just be so uncomfortable that I couldn't, I didn't want to get out of bed or leave the couch. And that was much more rare than my normal feel-nothing period, but I did have that every once in a while. So at the start of college, I guess around 18, I did go on birth control um, to kind of get some regularity with my period. And I think also my mom thought it might help my skin because I did have some acne issues in high school. So I have been on birth control, again, probably around the same time as Jen, I switched birth control because with the first birth, con- birth control I was on, it did uh, stop me from getting my period, which is totally normal. 
but I was not comfortable with that. I wanted to get my period. I wanted to know what my body was doing. So I did switch birth control probably after like two, a year or two of the first one. Um, and so then, like I said, after my, I think it was the summer after my sophomore year of college, before my middler year, I switched to a menstrual cup. And I do love to spread the good word about the menstrual cup, so I'll share a little bit of my experience in case anyone is curious. Um, the reason I switched to a menstrual cup was, one, waste. Again, talking about garbage, but I liked the idea of it being a low-waste option. And two, similar to Jackie, I mean, I'm not really worried about toxic shock syndrome. I don't think you need to be that worried about toxic shock syndrome. Um, I don't yeah, think it's, it's a that... little bit of a, yeah, it's a little bit of an irrational fear. I just, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not that common. It definitely can happen, but I don't think it's that common. Um, but I just didn't want the toxins in my body anyway. Like even if nothing happens, I just didn't think it was necessary. And at the time I was, I'm sure they existed, but I was not aware of all the great organic options that there are now. Like there are so many great options. I can't think of what the brands are called because I don't use them, but do some research if you are interested. There are so many great organic tampon natural options. I know Thinks, T-H-I-N-X underwear is also a great option. They're like a, not a tampon, but a pad underwear that you're able to wash and reuse. So that's a great low waste option if um, you don't want to do tampons or a menstrual cup. But yeah, I did a lot of research on menstrual cups before I started using them. And I ended up going with a brand called Lunette, uh, L-U-N-E-T-T-E, I believe. Um, And I absolutely love using a menstrual cup. I think everybody can have a different experience with it. For me, I found it super comfortable. I never feel it in. um, I... A lot of people have been like, oh, isn't it kind of gross to dump it out at the end of the day? But like, you see a bloody tampon, you see the blood anyway. I don't think it's any, it doesn't gross me out at all. But if you're grossed out by blood, like you're seeing it either way. I've actually found it a really great way to understand um, where I'm at with my period because I can see how full the cup is. I can see what the blood looks like um, in a more clear way than I was able to see previously on a tampon. Um, and for me, that was actually that came into use when uh, I struggle with IBS, as pretty much everybody does, but I do get pretty bad stomach aches. Maybe a little more worse than some people. I don't know. I think everybody has IBS to some extent, it seems. But I did go through some time where I tra- was trying to figure out what was going on and linking it to something and I saw some doctors and one of the things I did was I went to uh, an acupuncturist and she was asking me various questions like she did a long run through my health and um, she was asking me about my period and what my blood looks like and how all that goes and it was all kind of related to how things are moving throughout my body if you know the blood is bright or dark and if it's old or new blood and whatnot. So it actually has, and I've had other friends say that using a menstrual cup has made them feel more connected to their body because they understand where they're at with their period. Um, And I, I, I think that most of my, if not all of my college friends use menstrual cups. So I think they're on the rise. They yeah. definitely are. Well, yeah. We're on, we're all on the, there's different brands too. Like the reason I chose Lunette, um, just because it seemed like a lot of people online s- said that they found it very comfortable compared to, you know, I think the common one that people think of is Diva Cup. Um, my, I know some people that use Lena, L-E-N-A, I believe. So there's a lot of different brands out there and something I always tell people if they ask me about my experience before starting Um, you have to give it at least, I think, like three periods to totally adjust to using the cup because when I first got it, I found it, I had to take time to figure out what was the most comfortable way for me to insert it. I don't know if that's like a weird way of phrasing that, but like put it in. Yeah. Um, 
And I was worried the first period because I was like, oh no, I just bought this cup and I was all excited about using it and I, and it's not comfortable to put in. What if I'm not able to use it? And then I did some research and it's actually really common that um, it, it takes a little time for you to figure out the most comfortable way for you to put it in. There's different ways you can fold it. Um, and also I think the silicone is like kind of tougher at first. So I kind of just spent some time like folding it in different directions to loosen it up a little bit so that it was easier. I think I also used like, you can use any sort of um, lubricant to make it more easy to slide in. Um, but now it's super comfortable, super easy. I do boil it every like few months to kind of just super clean it, kill any germs. I don't do it every month, but every few months just put in some boiling water for a few minutes. Um, I do try to clean it every day though. I try. Sometimes I feel like I can be nasty with it, but I do try to clean it. And yeah, I'm, I'm a big advocate for menstrual cups. I love menstrual cups. Oh, in terms of like mood swings and stuff, I, I think because I felt or when I was off my birth control the, a few months ago because of my surgery, I feel like I was ever so slightly less moody off birth control ever so slightly mm. so now I'm thinking and I did just have an appointment with my gynecologist uh in when I was home in December but it, it wasn't my gynecologist it was a different woman at the practice and so I didn't really talk to her about it but I am thinking of bringing it up to my gyno next time I see her to be like I feel like it makes me not bad or anything but just like ever so slightly more moody like ever like Jackie said like a little irritable um just slightly. So I am thinking of maybe, it's just kind of annoying to switch birth controls, like to readjust. Yeah. I might do that next time I see her. Um, just because if I can be as normal me as possible on birth control, which I am pretty much, um, that would be great. And I do like my periods very predictable. Like you guys said, I know when it's mm -hmm. coming. Um, and I don't get super bad periods anymore where I'm throwing up. So I do like that about my birth control. Um, again, none of us are doctors. None of us really know anything. These are just our experiences. Uh, but I do want to say there are a lot of misconceptions about birth control out there. Um, and you should do what's right for you. But I don't think... I think there are some lies being spread about birth control that, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you hear on the, on the internets, uh, the and you should really just speak to your, the interwebs, you should really speak to your doctor. I know a few years yeah. ago, I was kind of like, I, in one of my yearly gyno appointments, I was like, do I need to be concerned about taking these hormones for by the time I have kids it'll be like 10 years from now so whatever 15 plus years on the pill uh do I need to be concerned about what that's doing to my body and I really think it's a misconception that being on birth control makes you less fertile uh she assured me like you will be the most fertile as once you are off your birth control I mean again this everybody's body might react differently but um and it, it, it's still like you're taking hormones. So yeah, it still is doing something to you, but it's like a low dosage. It's not going to prevent you from having children once you go off. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just consult a doctor. Speak to a real doctor that went to school and has their doctorate and uh, is trained in all the things to tell you which pill will be right for you or not pill or whatever uh, form of birth control is right for you. And uh, all those scientists out there, get me some male birth control. Uh, yeah. You tell them. Yeah, Kira, just want to reiterate what you said. I completely 100% agree. You know, the internet is a beautiful thing, but it also, there are so many lies on the internet and, you know, people exaggerate things because of maybe their own personal experiences. Um, but right. to reiterate what you said, of course, everybody's bodies are different, you know, different forms of birth control will work for some people, um, that may not work as well for other people for various reasons, etc. But 
you know, consult your doctor, consult your gynecologist. Uh, he or she will know what's best for you and have studied this for years and years and years. Um, so they know what's best, you know, I think overall, like general blanket statement, um, the benefits of birth control definitely outweigh some of the negative side effects. You know, of course it can make you moody. Some people feel very depressed on birth control, etc. Um, but you know, maybe the pill isn't the right form for you and there are other options out there. Um, so do what's best for you, but also don't believe everything you read online. <laughs> right. Your body, your choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Maybe one day we just go off about yeah. birth control and all of that as a separate topic. But it's so Well, tied. now I'm like, I want to get a gynecologist on. I know. Should I, uh, yeah. should I get mine on here? I'm meeting with her at the end of February. Because <laughs> for those that don't know... For whatever reason, if you want to get an appointment with your gynecologist, you have to book it at least like a month and a half in advance. I don't know why that's the case. Mm. Mm. It's rough out here. You know what just came to my mind, too? Um, I feel like in the UK, because I, again, follow a lot of UK bloggers, they talk about your pap smear, like going off, but they talk about your pap smear being such a big deal. Um, like everybody, they don't make you get it in the UK until you're 25. Like I, I don't know if this is accurate, but based on what I've seen online, uh, when you're 25, the National Health Organization in the UK will literally send you a letter in the mail to be like, it's time to get your pap smear. Um, and they make it such a big deal. And I really feel like it's not that big a deal. It's very quick, not that uncomfortable. Uh, you should get your pap smear, I think, before 25. But if the UK says 25, all right. Um, my doctor did it earlier because I'm not 25 mm-hmm. yet. And I've had a few. Um, it's just like to check up on your vaginal feminine health. It's not that scary yeah, maybe it's a little uncomfortable, but it's super quick. Um, Three seconds of like, and I feel like that's a really what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like it's a really big misconception that pap smears are scary, and I maybe it's just that my doctor is like makes it a really smooth, uh, makes the process super easy, and she's super lovely. If your gynecologist doesn't make you feel that way, maybe get a new gynecologist because it is an awkward doctor's appointment to go to. I mean, you have to sit with your feet up in stirrups and bring your little booty all the way down. So (laughs) um, it is kind of a very intimate, uncomfortable situation, but your doctor should make you feel as at ease as possible and you don't need to be scared of a pap smear. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't expect to talk about pap smears, but it just came to my mind when we were talking about it that about the internet and like how that's portrayed in some of the YouTubers that I follow when they've talked about being scared of pap smears. I'm like, it's actually really not too bad. I mean, I'm sure some people have had bad experiences. Like, I'm not trying to say it's like easy for everybody. I'm just saying like it shouldn't be. We don't need to make it as scary as it is, I think. Yeah, I think the National Health Service in the UK has its shit together for the most part. So they're, uh, uh, I'm not surprised that they, you know, I just think like since they have like health care available to like the population in the UK, they have like their stuff together and they're like more active, like in reminding people because like they're offering all of these services. So, right. Um, I just like, I never got a letter that was like, you have to go get your pap smear. That's kind of like, what a wild thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely have, the NHS is, I mean, I studied abroad in Scotland and it was really easy to get healthcare as a student in Scotland compared to America. Mm. Um, Yeah. Not, doesn't need to be built up the way it is, I think. Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know how other people's experiences have been with this, but I mean, at least my understanding is like, you go to the gynecologist in America and then around, like, 21, they're like, mm, maybe we'll start doing a pap smear. That's usually how right. it goes, for the most part. 
That's how my experience yeah, that was seems around as well. the age. They start emphasizing it, even just like with your um, like personal doctor, like they'll they'll ask like if you've if you've gotten that done and, and things like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 My gynecologist um, said like if you're having sex before 21, though, you might want to get a pap smear mm. earlier. Yeah. My. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it depends. Of course, everyone's like gynos are different. Yeah. Also get tested for STDs because <laughs> I shouldn't have to right. say that, but like, man, people just don't do that. Just saying. Yeah. Unless, as long unless you know your partner, um, mm, I feel like you should just trust your partner. Just get tested every year. You know what I mean? I agree. Like you can do it even if you know your partner, but I do think like if you're in a committed relationship and you super trust them, it might not be as necessary, but it's not really hard to, if you go to your yearly checkups yeah. with your gyno, it's not hard to do the STD testing. No, not at all. So just do it, men and women. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, men. Men. Definitely men. <laughs> oh. Well, this turned into yeah. a, like, period, gynos, birth control, all-around discussion about feminine health. Yeah. Super nice. Well, it's kind of interesting that when you think about how you felt when you first got your period and all of us saying that it was kind of like a, ah, experience. So awkward. You know, so awkward. And that only changes, I think, just with time and getting more comfortable with your Mm -hmm. body. Um, But it's kind of, it's sad in a way at how, like, uncomfortable you feel with yourself when you first get it. But in time, it just gets better and, you know. Just is what it is. Now I'll tell you when I'm menstruating. I'll tell you if I had a good poop that day or not. I'll tell you all my bodily functions. Because now it's just like, we all do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's something that's, I think, changed, like, a lot. Just not even with me and my friends in terms of what I discuss. But I think now people are much more open about talking about their periods. Like, the fact that we're having Mm. this conversation and I talk about like my periods and like what my friends use like in, like out in public like I'm not like shouting it but you know I think right. like, people are more open and like comfortable with having these conversations which mm-hmm. like I don't think like was the case yeah. that long ago it seems like actually the CMO of our company she had started this initiative basically saying hey in the women's bathrooms we don't have uh feminine sanitary products like, we don't have pads, we don't have tampons, whatever, anything like that in the bathrooms. So she literally had to go to, like, the CEO and the other um, C-suite level executives and said, hey, as a company, we should offer these for free. <laughs> um, so now we have them in the bathroom. Yeah, but right on. what she was saying was, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the C-suite in my company, it's a lot of males. And she was saying that when she brought it up to them, you know, they didn't even want to talk about it. So they were just like, you can have whatever you want because they didn't want to talk about it. And she's like, I love that seeing men hysterical. squirm. That's so funny. Yes, girl. That is the energy I'm yeah. striving to have. But it's, you know, women yeah. are so comfortable talking about it, but I feel like men still are a little skeeved out. And I don't know why. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I guess like if you think about us when we were younger and how we were kind of skeeved out, but now it's something that we deal with once a month, like literally all the time, and they don't have to deal with mm-hmm. it. I guess I can understand yeah. why they're uncomfortable with it. But at the same time, it's like, well, just like do better to be more knowledgeable on what women are going through, especially if you have a female partner. Like mm-hmm. a little more education to men on what women go through and vice yeah. versa. Like, yeah. I think when you do the whole, like, puberty talks in elementary school and they separated at our school, right. they separated the men and women, like, maybe it's beneficial for everybody to know what the other is going through as awkward as yeah. that is. Um, but what you just said about tampons, it's kind of funny because literally this past week, somebody at work, um, I don't know how it came up, but we were in the bathroom and she was like, oh, I wish we had free tampons here. And... 
I never noticed because I don't use them anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, we don't? Because I know I worked in the New York office and they always had free pads and tampons out. So I don't know that it's necessarily a company thing or like the office thing because we're just one company in an office of many different floors of different companies. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. We should have those for free. I'll go complain. <laughs> like, I have no problem, but I haven't figured out who the best person to approach about that would be. Because I do think that that's a little... You should not have to put in a quarter to get a freaking tampon in a time of need. Like, also, who has a quarter? <laughs> like, in the bathroom. Exactly. Like, who carries cash? Like, <laughs> yeah. You should, it should just be right there, out for you to grab in a time of need, and... That's ridiculous. So I'm trying to decide. I'm like, well, I should not go to my boss because he might be like, oh, <laughs> okay, Kira. Um, maybe HR. You should get like a petition. Just get like a little petition and have like all the women in the office sign it. And have the men too. I mean, have everyone sign yeah. it. You know, just yeah, to maybe say. Yeah, maybe I'll go around and like ask other people like, are you bothered by this? Yeah. I did not know about this until right now. And I think we should ask. Mm-hmm. Because that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's something that makes me think about, like, just the stigma that women just go through on a regular basis with their period. Like, not even just, like, in the U.S. But, like, we think about, like, in terms of, like, accessibility to, like, sanitary products. Like, in particular, women that are homeless, like, what they sort of have to go through just to, like, Mm -hmm. clean themselves and, like, figure out a way to, like, fashion, like, a pad or, like, a tampon out of something. And, like, you hear stories. And I I linked to a video in our, like, Google Doc, but it's a a video by Bustle, um, if you want to check it out. But they just do an interview with, um, they interview one woman for the most part, and they ask a couple other women that are homeless in New York City, like, what they do when they get their periods. And, like, They'll use, like, socks or, like, old shirts or they'll take, like, pads and turn those into tampons because they prefer that. Like, it's, like, really, like, I can't even, like, I, I complain about my period, like, when I'm comfortable, like, and I have access to everything and I can just, like, lay in bed if I want to and, like, eat a bunch of junk food. But, like, women are yeah. dealing with this and, like, are also homeless at the same time. Like, that's, like, really difficult. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Period poverty is very real. Yeah. And so, like, if those products were available, like, even in public restrooms, like, maybe they could access that. But they're not. And they're not even available, you know, just, like, uh, they're not even available just, like, at mass, like, in offices and at companies. So there's a a lot of work to be done with that still. So you can get a petition or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, just on the same, like, this is something that I find super upsetting and um, have looked into organizations in the past that will, you can donate to and they'll provide uh, period care packages to women in need in the U.S. and across the globe. Like like you said, there are homeless women in across the, our country, so this is not, like, only in other countries. This very much, period poverty is very much a thing in America as well. And in New York, you know, San Francisco, there's a lot of homeless women. Um, And so my roommate and I have um, been thinking of starting what we're going to call a period party where we um, invite other women over to help us package up some period care packages to drop off at local homeless shelters. Um, But I'm only bringing it up in the sense that, like, you can look and see so many different organizations that will do this and... uh, if this is something that you're interested in helping and supporting, um, because people right around the corner from you, but also across the globe, uh, do not have access to all the different brands that we just mentioned, all the different cups and tampons and whatnot that we just talked about for like 45 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. Well, I think with that, you can talk about this forever because something we deal with every month, so obviously always on our minds. Um, But I felt like that was a really fun, fun, interesting, intriguing conversation about uh, period care. Um, And I'm sure we'll have more conversations along the same lines. If you want to hear about any other topic in this realm of feminine care, 
let us know. Like I said, her take podcast on Instagram or her take pod on Twitter. Um, before we wrap this up, we're just going to quickly go into our retakes from last week's episode. This is uh, something we do at the end of the episode where we just kind of, if we need to fix something we said or fact check anything, we just retake it the next week. So Jen, do you have any retakes from last week's episode? I do. So first retake from last week's episode. Um, just It's not really a retake, more of an update. So Kieran and I were talking about how potentially her brother and my brother colluded to bring a fish mysteriously colluded. into Kira's <laughs> home. There was no collusion. No collusion. <laughs> so, yeah, I did follow up with my brother. There was no collusion. And uh, Aiden Murphy actually colluded with a different mat to bring the fish into the Murphy home. So just I knew it to, had to be a mat. <laughs> just had to set the record straight there. I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't my brother, but, you know, it was funny when I asked him. He was very confused about it. But, you know, we, we found the answer. <laughs> Um, we got to the bottom of it. Yeah. And I have like a retake for this episode that I was kind of thinking of as we were going through it. Um, so, you know, we were talking about how women experience periods, etc. But I just wanted to acknowledge that there are some people who are trans who have transitioned from being a woman to a man and they may still be experiencing periods. And there are some trans women out there who might not have, who are, might not be experiencing periods either. So I just want to acknowledge that it's not just women who always experience periods. There could be um, men as well. So just putting that out yes. there and acknowledging that yeah. that is something that goes on in our society. So yeah, thank you. I actually uh, mm, thought yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah, you're on, and um, I appreciate you saying that because I do think that 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 is an important uh, distinction to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't think people always talk about it or acknowledge it or even know about it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's not just, you know, the stereotypical cis woman who experiences periods. So, right. Just yeah. putting that out there. Um, Kira, did you have any retakes yes. from last week? Yes. Um, first and foremost, at one point, I said carbons emissions. Or emissions of carbons. Either way, it sounded dumb and uh, I just misspoke and it bothered me. So I wanted to say that I know it's carbon emissions. And then also I just feel like a lot of likes have resurfaced again. In the beginning, we would always, you know, talk about how we say yeah. like all the time. And I just feel like it's kind of brought itself back up. So I'm working on it again, just noticing when I say like and trying to cut that out mm -hmm. as much as possible. Like an um. So, yeah. so tough working on it. Those are my retakes. Yeah. Yeah. With that, thank you all so much for listening all the way till the end. If you're still here, if you're not, sorry, the TMI got to you and you had to leave. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think it's really, uh, like we said, we found it taboo when we were younger and not so much anymore. And I think part of that is just sharing and talking about it with other people who experience periods. So always good to have really open, honest conversations and share your experience and your tips, uh, what works for you and what doesn't. So thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Ciao. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye.